the Podsky with John Baker. For over one year, the revolutionary force in audio entertainment. Oh yeah! Brother, let me talk to you! Freak out, freak out! I just had an out-of-body experience! Insane in the membrane! Brother, yeah! And I'm here for only one reason, and that's to take it to the limit, yeah! Somebody stop the damn man! Living on the edge! Who is your daddy? Hello and welcome to the Podski. I'm your host, the man of a thousand gimmicks, Johnny Bake Show. It is episode 63. We have a packed show. A whole lot of shit happened in the last two weeks. But we got Teddy Mongoose back and we have Justin Andretti. And what's going on, boys? Nothing. I got that new, I got the new, uh, ceiling fan installed in here so i'm not sweating to death doing podcasts anymore i feel really happy about that that's a good thing yeah and i'm doing this one on mobile because i didn't uh didn't bring my computer with me today and um so uh, my audio audio is usually terrible so sorry everybody it's about to be worse uh but i need to say really quick that uh six and three six and three is nine nine is a completion number Interessante that we are completing a horrible, horrible cycle of Phil. <laughs> yeah. God, do we we will jump into that. We are going to talk about uh the all-in, all out. This is the all-in, all-out fallout show. Uh that'll obviously include the CM Punk uh firing. Uh we're gonna talk about some other stuff later on. Uh, with Andretti and I, Granite Mongoose has got to do a run out ski today, so he's only hitting it. He's got to hit another town. But uh, the one thing we want to I do is this, this is a, this is an old school double shot, fellas. I'm I'm running I'm running uh, I'm running the War Memorial, the Johnstown War Memorial in the AM, and then I'm heading up to run the uh, Erie Sea Wolves Arena here in the uh, in the uh, evening. So, yep, <laughs> sorry about that. It's all good. It's all good. We got uh, we're going to kick off the show, though, today with some sad news and a tribute. Uh, Actually, I want to I want to jump in here real quick. I want to give a shout out before we even get going. Um, I got some really sad news this morning that um, a local favorite and a good friend of my dad had passed away. Um, this guy's name was Eddie Hudak, who um, has been to the cheeseburger picnic for all the years except for this past year. Um, he was a big supporter of the pizza wars. He's, he was a great dude. I've known since I was a little kid, um, enormous personality, great sense of humor, beloved by everybody, uh, gave back to the community his entire life. So really tragic that, uh, I don't know what happened. I have no idea what happened to him, but, uh, you know, everybody's, everybody's sad today. I had a, I had a rough day today going through that and just thinking about Eddie. I've known Eddie Hudak since I was a little kid. And, you know, I, I, one of my favorite memories of just Christmas time every year was going to the, the night mass um, in Beaverdale uh, with my parents and then walking up the street to Hudak's um, to hang out with Eddie and his brother and, and sometimes his niece, niece and nephew and uh, his mom and dad too. And we would hang out up there for a couple hours every Christmas Eve. And Eddie would get on the radio and listen to the NORAD 
um, about where Santa Claus was going to be. And the guy never broke kayfabe, dude. It was amazing. Even when I was like, even when we were way too old, he never broke kayfabe about where Santa Claus was. And wow. you know, I, I, I already miss Eddie Hudak and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that, uh, I'm sorry he couldn't make it to the cheeseburger picnic this year. It's usually that's usually not a good sign. You know, you don't want to ask about it, but that's usually not a good sign when people can't make it um, when you know that they would be there. You know what I mean? So then um, I'm going to talk to T3. Um, we're going to come up with something with the Pizza Wars for Eddie Hudak next year. We're going to do we're going to do something. I don't know what yet, but we're going to do something. So that that's something that we're kicking around. But you know, rough day today, man. It was not uh, it was not fun to get that phone call. Anytime anytime you're our age and your parents call you in the middle, of, you know, out of, out of nowhere, you always think it's bad. And it was and it was bad today, which is unfortunate. No, oh, R.I.P. Eddie. I've heard I've. I did not know him personally. I've heard that name for 30 something years. Yeah, so. big big four still supporter, man. Always. You know, he did he paid for team meals. He did he did a lot of stuff for everybody. Mm, damn. That's sad. Uh but it doesn't get any better because uh I was just gonna say, let's turn this around by talking about more tragedy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you gotta you yeah. gotta give it you gotta give it where it's due and it's unfortunate. Hey, yeah, and hey man, and that's the about. thing is Right, and that's that's just it, buddy. Is that you know what we get it? We get a chance to we get a chance to celebrate life here rather than you know rather than be be sad about the be sad about the passing. So let's do that. Absolutely, yeah. We're definitely going to celebrate uh, Bray Wyatt and uh, Terry Funk as they uh, both passed away since the last time the three of us recorded. Um, and yeah, just kind of really out of the blue with the Bray Wyatt stuff. We kind of knew Funk was not doing well for a while. Um, but kind of sounds like both of them kind of went peacefully in their sleep and, uh, but yeah, pretty, pretty sad the way that the Bray Wyatt stuff kind of went down, but, um, but yeah, now they're grabbing holds up in the clouds and, uh, telling stories, still making towns. I, my, uh, also let's, let's, let's start this first, um, with we'll start with Terry first, well, because obviously he was the he's the you know what would have been considered the legend here. Um, you know what's funny about Terry Funk is that I my childhood was spent watching WWF uh, superstars and then um, you know the Great Great American Show or whatever that was on Sundays, and then I could watch WCW Saturday Night. I'd watch the Clash of the Champions and all that. And that all started for me around like 92 was whenever I was really watching stuff. Um, that was past the Terry Funk, Ric Flair run in WCW. I did not have a chance to indulge in any of that. And even in those old tapes uh, that I would buy of the old uh, either Crockett or WCW pay-per-views from the video stores and whatnot, I can't tell you that I remember Terry Funk matches. And so I had always heard about Terry Funk the way that we would hear about, you know, Pedro Morales and Bruno San Martino and, you know, some of those guys. Um, and then I remember when Chainsaw Charlie showed up with um, Mankind uh, to, you know, fight Degeneration X. Uh, at that time, it was the New Age Outlaws. You know, and they had that dumpster match at WrestleMania 14 and all that. And, um, you know, I, I, Chainsaw Charlie's an awesome character, man. Uh, and the fact that it was just Terry Funk 
being a crazy man with a chainsaw. Um, you know, even when you're when you're 13 or whatever is one thing. Um, to look back on it that many years later, that's hilarious. And like, what a what a gimmick change to say, "Hey, I'm with uh, my buddy Mick that calls himself Mankind, uh, and you know he doesn't have an ear and he rips half his hair out. Yeah, I'm just gonna walk around with a chainsaw all the time. You might as well call <laughs> me Charlie too while we're at it. Uh, so that was my introduction to him. Uh, and then I, you know, got to see the things after specifically beyond the mat, you know, him with his retirement match. Uh, yes. What was his, what was the old boy that was, that was training for the retirement match on the uh, trampoline? <laughs> oh, you know um, what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, I just watched that like a year and a half ago and I, Oh, just... I've, I'm so bad. You should edit his name in right here. Okay. But uh, you know, and, and, and the dudes, Terry, you know, Terry, I just, it's, I just want one more match, Terry, you know, or like, like can I be a referee or whatever in the world? Dennis, you Dennis Stamp? Dennis Stamp, exactly. <laughs> you you nailed it, dude. Dennis Stamp. And so him just like stumbling away after him training on the trampoline, literally the same way that me and Sidman Legend Cud uh, trained for our match in one of the uh, DCW matches at the barn um, that we had. Uh, Dennis Stamp out there working it, and you know, I I, I thought that that was really endearing. And they had that huge Terry Funk retirement show, which obviously he came back from not even probably a year later for another WCW run. Uh, and so then I got to experience all this old Terry Funk. Um, and then recently, and when I say recently, I mean the last maybe like eight years or so, that was when I went back and I watched that, um, that uh, Sabu match where uh, Sabu like rips his arm in half um, with the barbed wire. Uh, I did not see, and it's just because there's just not time for anything, especially these two pay-per-views. Actually, the third one, I didn't even see the, excuse me, the WCW or the WWF show, WWE, my gosh, on Saturday. Um, I need to see this flair and funk match from the Clash of the Champions and then at the subsequent pay-per-view. Um, I don't remember if it was the bash or what it, it was. was it was bash because I, think... I think that's that that's where that's kind of where I started to see him in the ring, I think, was probably like right around that late that late 80s run. Um yeah. there's a, there was the the flare stuff at the at the clash and at the in a great American bash. And there's a really good um clash of champions match with Ricky Dragon Steamboat, too. Those are those are the three that I that stick out for me the most with him. Right. And you know what's funny about that flair thing is that already he was like, quote unquote, like too old to make a run and um, had basically like convinced um, whomever was running the show at that time that we can, you know, we can go, we can make some money. And so, you know, they sorted him hot around it. And because it was Terry Funk, they said, okay, go ahead, buddy. Let's see what you got. And uh he the, the angle that he had with flair to set it up was basically one of those like hey handshake and then like sucker punch drop brick flair and now stuff's going to get real and uh i thought this was really interesting because Mel melter this is a melter story and i guess him and dave were close um melter said that he called it the sunday so the sucker punch was the sunday and he said dave <laughs> the sunday gotta hit if the Sunday doesn't hit, the whole angle doesn't work. And so apparently he pulls off a hell of a Sunday 
with this sucker punch. And, you know, Flair, man. So Flair bumps like a champion, sells it like it was like never expected. And, that you know, he basically got, you know, pow right to the kisser to the moon. Um, and then he gets a, a pile driver through a table, which at that time was like completely unprecedented. And then that sets up the, the big match, which then culminates in the I quit match, I believe it is. That's like the super famous one. Um, but I, I thought that that was really, really cool. That it was the Sunday. Dave, hey, Dave, if the Sunday doesn't hit, this ain't going to work. They said, but we'll draw money. I, that's a terrible Terry Funk, but... And then, and then, uh, and then the Bruce Pritchard, uh, your mother's a whore. That's your too. mother's a whore. Yeah, yeah. If the Sunday doesn't hit, we won't draw no money. Uh, That's what I got on Terry Funk. Oh, also, I need to say this: that one thing I did go back and watch, which if you haven't, you should. Um, me and Uncle Andretti uh, went back through time for a little bit and watched some old Saturday nights made events. Uh, Terry Funk and Hulk Hogan's Saturday Night Main Event, I don't even remember what year it is, maybe like 1986 or so, it is an awesome match. And Hulk Hogan with his working boots on, brother. I mean, like, it is not the Hulk Hogan sell, 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 get up, and then, you know, no, you, big boot, big boot, or punch, punch, big boot, leg drop. Hogan is in there hurking. For 15 minutes, Ooh. man, and Terry's making him sweat. It's a great, great match, John. It's a great match. So that's that's my because I can't comment on Flair Funk. That's my retro go see it because that was great. I don't know where uh, I don't know what my first experience was with Terry Funk because, like I said, the the matches that first jump out to me um, were the deep with the WCW ones with Steamboat Flair. Um, and also the one where the you and I watched not too long ago, like you said, with the Saturday Night's Man event. But obviously that was in retrospect. But um, it, for for me, I think it may have been the LJN might have been my, my first experience with with Funk. Um, but then great um, figure, great figure. Yeah, the figure. I think the figure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then um, also he was. I'm a big Stallone guy. I've I've always been a, a big Stallone guy. I got to meet Stallone. You know, ever ever since I was a little kid, I, I've been a big Stallone fan. But um, Terry Funk was in um, a movie called Paradise Alley with uh, with Sylvester Stallone, which is a, a kind of a pro wrestling movie. If anybody's uh, Armando Santi is in it too. If anybody's looking for something to watch this uh, this weekend or whatever, you want to throw a couple bucks down on Amazon. You watched Stallone Paradise Alley. You're going to see a double turn in that movie, like Heart uh, Heart in uh, Austin <laughs> later on. But you know, <laughs> but yeah, so so Terry Funk is in that. He's great in that movie. Then he's then he ends up being in, in Over the Top with Stallone and he's great in that movie too. Um, and then he went on to be in Roadhouse with, with I, Patrick Swayze. I'm glad so, you mentioned that because that's what I remember him from. Cause yeah, I and, love and Roadhouse. Also, he also at one time, I think he was only in one episode, but he also did a, a run with Quantum Leap, uh, Scott Bakula. And that was, that was hands down my favorite show when I was a kid. So I remember Terry Funk from that stuff too. But um, from a match standpoint, I mean, it's just a guy that, he made everything look really believable. He took things seriously, you know, over the top at times mm -hmm. with the, the hardcore stuff like that. But just a super respected guy, you know, from a fan standpoint and from a from a business standpoint and, and all the boys, you know, standpoint too. So it's a shame that he that he that he you know is gone. But I mean, hats off to that guy for doing what he loved until he till the very end for sure. 
Yeah, my I was gonna say about uh, Funk is that uh, I remember him from Roadhouse, and Roadhouse is a top five movie that we would have covered uh, in our top five movies from last time that we we're wouldn't have talked. We'll we're, we're gonna get to it, so that's a that's a spoiler. Um, well, yeah, we we only got nine hundred sixty-five more episodes or so to go <laughs> on, the, on this run. Yeah, um, but yeah, I just remember uh, Funk. Uh, in that um, King of the Ring 98, whenever uh, Mankind was thrown off the cell and then Funk comes out to check on him because they thought he was legitimately dead. And then I remember Chainsaw Charlie. Uh, and then the other thing, it was funny you mentioned about how Bret Hart and, and the uh, retirement match was because Bret talked about that in his book. And he talked about it for like a couple chapters about how he had to, he wanted, he really respected Terry and he wanted to make sure he got down there to do this for Terry. And then he bitched about how like two months later he was back in the WWF. Um, well, and you know what, you know, what's really crazy about that is that, oh man, you want to talk about the universe working in world way, weird ways. So if he bitched about funk, like I remember specifically hearing about him making a big deal about working around to get, down there at that yeah. time for that match um and then those terry funk matches literally ended brett's career like he so he was pissed that terry came back yeah but terry coming back ended brett's career man because it wasn't the goldberg kick it, it was all the terry funk hardcore matches after the kick that screwed brett you know they really j just you know um scrambled his brains and then you know eventually got that stroke and everything else but with the what do they call that now like the post-concussion syndrome or whatever yeah because he just didn't take time off you know he was doing hardcore matches you know three times a month or four times a month or whatever right uh yeah and then you know when bray wyatt um... well that i want to say too real quick that um the double cross ranch in, in amarillo is the place that i need to go to i'm, I'm going to go there at some point when i'm driving cross country i've been to amarillo a hundred times so i just have never gotten off the exit to go check it out um but i've been to you know the heart house and to and to cornet's castle cornet i'm trying to put together like a, the like holy a, trinity like an official an official like uh wrestling um uh wrestling uh uh tourism thing you know just to, just to go kind of <laughs> see these sites but i gotta get i gotta get to the double cross ranch at some point and i will because i always stop at uh i always stop at that cc's pizza in amarillo right there on the on the way through town man and i just blow my head off of pizza in there i got a lot of stories about that place but that was uh that was that's a hell of a that's a hell of a town yeah, you can't hide money when you go to cc's that's right you can't uh see, see you later <laughs> the uh yeah, and then Bray Wyatt, uh, somebody that is uh, more current that we remember a lot more recently. Um, somebody is super creative. Uh, somebody that you know is was trying to really change the way that we look at uh, wrestling and characters, and kind of on the forefront of doing some really really new stuff and. Uh, that had never been done before. Uh, yeah, a big highlight that I can, you know, definitely think of with Bray is him winning that elimination chamber, uh, winning the belt. That was a big moment. Really thought like things were going to turn around after that, and things didn't. He ended up getting that short run with that belt, but, um, but yeah. And then the the Firefly Funhouse stuff, like that's like super iconic. That's going to live forever. Um, and and that John Cena stuff that he did at WrestleMania thirty six. Uh, like that they're gonna do that they're gonna show that forever um 
but yeah, super, super sad that, you know, he kind of, what it kind of sounded like is that he wasn't wearing his heart monitor and ended up having the heart attack in his sleep. So sad I mean, crazy though, but. Oh, and you know, this is, this is, this is a mongoose original right here. So if somebody else already said this, I would be very upset, but um, for them being contemporaries, Bray Wyatt was to wrestling creative and character wise what Kenny Omega is to wrestling match style build and all that wise. So the, the elements and creativity and structure and things that we've seen Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega implement into matches over the course of the past 10 years. Um, Bray Wyatt did that with characters and Kenny isn't this super, you know, over the top character but Bray was. And so, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it, it was almost like we saw we, the two big geniuses that I feel like we see, uh, that we've been able to see in this current, you know, crop of wrestlers, creativity wise, would be Bray. And then I would say that almost like wrestling itself as an art form would be Kenny, you know? Um, and that's the only crappy thing about Bray is that he wasn't, he was a fine worker. But what happened was his creative visions very often got in the way of match quality and and or not necessarily got in the way of match quality, but eventually put his character into situations over and over again where creative itself didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. And we saw that, you know, we saw that time and time again that happened with the cult that happened with the fiend. Um and I'm sure that that would have happened with this Uncle Howdy thing that they had setting up. Uh, the, and, you know, that's it's it's a shame to see um, because as brilliant as a lot of the character work was, man, and especially, you know, that old stuff with the uh, fireflies and, um, you know, the, the Wyatt family coming out and that old, like, rock and chair swamp stuff. Mm-hmm. That stuff is so good, man. And, you know, it was stop, start a lot with him. Um that the Matt Hardy run, you know, people forget about that. They yeah. did that like the leader uh-huh. of worlds thing. Um, and then like with Bray, the two big what ifs. And look, man, I'm this is this is not a dig at either either guy, but it sucks that Cena and The Undertaker both were like, This guy was great, like he was awesome. Uh-huh. And if he'd have beat Cena and The Undertaker, like his whole career probably would have been a lot different. And I'm not, and I know that those guys aren't calling the shots of, you know, who's taking the pins and who isn't. But, you know, what if, right? Like, especially that with that Cena, you know, he's got the whole world in his hands saying, yes. like, if he beats Cena and I, and not beats him, but like, beats him like yeah. you know this this guy is a psychopath insano and then the same thing with the undertaker he would have been the guy that ended the streak he i should what could have been yeah what could have been is, is I all mean, that I have to say about that we've been we've been talking about that for 10 10 years you know it's like we we've been saying this for 10 years like he was the guy that should have done it man and if they would have just kept him it as the guy the creepy guy from the swamp man carrying the lantern with the family, yeah. we would have just kept it as that. It would have been longevity for a long time because in, in typical WWE fashion, they keep amping everything up until it gets to the point where it can't go any further. 
and yeah. you can't you can't go anywhere with the fiend being burned alive like that like he's it's it we're done there's nowhere to go they did right? burn him alive i i forgot about that I mean, come, yeah. burn to a crisp. it's such it's such a shame looking back on and, and look i know even on this even on this show in the past i've i've criticized um, Bray Wyatt's work in the ring and look that 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 hasn't changed I'm not going to go back in retrospect now and change that because he, the guy passed away I, it is what it is and I still believe that but when you when you look at the opportunities that they had with him from a character standpoint and being able to use him as a as a main event face or heel that mm-hmm. never needed a title what a miss dude and what a shame what a miss what a, we we got we got a big miss out of that man, and that's a real shame. Yeah, that's one thing that I remember from that WrestleMania 32, which is one of my favorite WrestleManias of all time. Is that one where he faced Undertaker, and just the fact that like that would that felt like the moment a little bit too. Like I know that like they did Brock and Brock had you know Brocked out for years, but it just felt right. And then even when they did the Raw 30, uh, of, of like literally what nine months ago now. Like that was like the official passing of the torch from Undertaker to him, and it just felt like too late. Eight, eight years too late. Like <laughs> we should have had. Well, yeah, that. It, and that's just it. Is that it's it doesn't it doesn't help to pass the torch to a guy that's thirty six years old. Like you, yeah. you should have passed the torch to a guy in his mid twenties. Right. And again, that's that's not like that's the Undertaker's call at that point no. in time. Because right. I'm willing to bet that at that point in time, if they said, "Hey, big fella, do this job and and let's be done." that he would have probably easily taken that because his, his body was bad enough that he, you know, there is no ego, but yeah, that that sucks. I mean, that guy, that guy's legacy is going to live forever in that WWE universe. And that's, that's one. Oh yeah. I mean, there's nothing good about somebody passing away, but one thing is that, you know, that people can kind of look to is the fact that he is, he was so well respected and so loved by everybody that he's going to be featured in every video package for forever, you know, and it just, it's just a shame, man. It's just a shame. There's no other, there's no other way to put it. It's a, they, they really missed on him as a talent and they, it's just such a shame for somebody to, to pass away the way that he did. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're, uh, they're up in the clouds grabbing holds and toasting with Owen and, uh, but yeah, so on to better and brighter uh, things here on the pod. Uh, we do have some news that has been in the works for a long time that we haven't been able to break on here because we just haven't done it. Uh, but the Podski is returning to WrestleMania and all three of us here on this audio platform are going to WrestleMania 40. So we will be live in a living color. You have no idea what her faces look like, but we will be there. <laughs> I'll be in um, Shawn Michaels pants and a mongoose shirt. I'll be the fat guy taking pictures with with cosplay Gold Dust in the in the concourse. Oh my gosh! If we see Gold Dust again next year, I'll shit my pants. I'll be and I'll be the guy holding cosplay Gold Dust like a baby. I'll be. I'll also be the guy with, uh, taking pictures with Ponytail Patterson. Now, if you want to know what Ponytail Patterson looks like, picture um, the Brooklyn Brawler. In in the clothes that the Brooklyn Brawler wore, like the big clothes, but a guy much smaller, but also with a beer gut and a huge ponytail. <laughs> uh, it's not even like a huge ponytail. It's like a, it's like a a worn out ponytail. Like it's been like it's worked too many towns. 
but yeah, I uh, the the tickets were secured. We're gonna be in Philly, and uh, super excited about that. Uh, but yeah, we had to. Make you want to sure hear we... some? You want to hear some bullshit real quick here? Go ahead. I started to do a little pregame for the uh, for WrestleMania already, right? So oh God, I've been dude, going he started around. drinking. He started drinking eight months early. <laughs> I've, dude, I've been drinking for 25 years, but it, but, um, <laughs> dude, if, if you were drunk from now until April 7th, <laughs> just, just sitting in, just sitting in the empty parking lot on a, on a, on a chair, <laughs> waiting for you guys to show up. So I've been going around to getting some, getting, getting my little cheesesteak fix. Okay. Now, where I'm going with this is I got to a point where I wanted to start dabbling a little bit in a little homemade cheesesteak. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I don't, I'm not going to pay a ton of money to get steak and cut it up or to season it and buy a freaking uh, meat cutter, like a, like a deli cutter. Right. I'm not going to do that. So Why I was not? Like, oh, shit. Um, I'm just <laughs> because he's been eating steakums the whole time. <laughs> Dude, I went to two grocery stores and couldn't find steakums. And I almost lost my mind in both of those places, dude. I'm driving all yeah, over Bro, dude, I'm driving all over Steakums, dude. And I finally and, Andretti, the, yeah, the reason why is because California has all those crazy kids or regulations and laws. I guarantee you that you can't have the, the reason the same reason you can't buy an F six fifty in California is the reason that you can't find steakums. Yeah. That, that it's just it's just one of those, brother. It, it, it didn't clear to regulate us. No, so no. I went. I actually found a grocery store that sells homemade, um, homemade rolls, like nice hoagie rolls. I got uh-huh. five hoagie rolls for two bucks, which is pretty great, right? Yeah, but then great. I got two packs. Someone called. Someone called Bobby Winters really quick and tell him, tell him, tell him to tell the boy that it's gourmet time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to fire them steakums up, dude. I ate so many steakums when I was in college; it was unbelievable. Oh. Steakums are great, brother. When, when, whenever, when I was in sixth grade, as a latchkey kid, uh, when I would come home, um, my two options were steakums or hot pockets. Those are the two things that I was allowed to make myself whenever I got off the bus. Uh, and so, me, steakums, ketchup, and uh, white bread. <laughs> that was the, tell me, tell me, the perfect trio doesn't exist. That was it. You want to hear a little hot pocket story too? That that grocery store next next door has got a deal right now. You can buy four packs of hot pockets for dollar ninety nine each. And if you think I didn't buy sixteen bought bag boxes of hot pockets, right? I thought you said sixteen bags of hot pockets. I was gonna say, Dude, I got, mongoose. I got home today. I could not fit the, the hot pockets in the freezer because there's no room. Okay, I tried everything. I'm 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 good at Tetris. I am actually really good at Tetris. So I, I couldn't even fit everything in the, in the freezer, dude. I took all the hot pockets out of the boxes and shoved them, Put in, them in the microwave. Holes, random holes everywhere in the freezer. Now I don't know what what flavor or what kind any of them are, and it's gonna be like a grab bag every time I go in there. Oh, my I God. love it. That's a, what a I, I thought you were gonna say. So, so I said, F it. And I just put nine on a plate and I, and I, and I, and I just, I just ate them like Pac-Man. Well, it, would take, it, would take, it would take 40 minutes to cook nine of them at the same time. They would be so hot. You literally Dude, melt the plate. The, the edges, the edges would literally melt steel, but the middle would still be cold. Yes. 
You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking it makes, about? It makes you question whether or not that little sleeve is even worth it. Like maybe we should not be this using it. So, okay, so, okay. You, when, when, that, I, when that, I worked, dude, that sleeve, that sleeve is such a gimmick. Go ahead, John. Yes, I when I worked at uh, when I worked at Wise Markets, that let me tell you what, that sleeve don't work because they were 99 cents or they might have been less than that whenever whenever I was working there, but um the, the sleeves are completely worthless. They're they're a total gimmick. If you you just the the little hack is that like when you get it out, you gotta like get a little crack in the center. Not don't break it in half, but just get it open a little bit and then put it in the microwave. Then you get that little bit of heat down in there. Okay. But okay. uh but yeah. The sleeve the sleeve exists just so you can hold it while you're eating it, right? The, the sleeve is a liability. The, the sleeve is like is like the contract that that you're getting with uh, so that so that whenever you burn your face off you can't sue them because they gave you a little right and that's no, the, like the it, sleeve it, is it, supposed it, to heat it up the sleeve is supposed to heat the middle that's why it's got that silver stuff on the inside see I think that I think that they lied to us about that and the reality of it is is that because if you think about the silver on the inside like I guess in theory like the microwaves and stuff could be bouncing off of that. But I'd be willing to bet, man, that that silver stuff is—it's it, just paint. You know what I mean? Or, like, it's just, it's so you're, you're probably you're probably eating lead particles yes. in addition to the turpentine and everything that was in there to stabilize <laughs> all the stuff that's in the hot pocket. Dude, I love a hot pocket. I love a hot pocket. I love a hot pocket. With all the horse meat question, but in I think pocket. that paper is literally just there for you to hold. I think. I think. Oh shit! But. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so since we got off the che- the cheesesteak, we should do a cheese a cheesesteak tour while we're in Philly for us. Oh, there's no doubt we're doing. I thought we already said we already said we were doing that. Yeah, well, because I usually I go to Philly all the time, and I haven't I've never took the to- I've never done the full tour because I usually am just going in and out really quick. But uh, I, yeah, we're definitely dude, gonna do that. We if we're gonna be in a hotel room with each other for multiple nights, we should do hot pocket wars. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Does that mean we're going to hit not, each other with them? Or I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, dude. I'm. I, you think you think I'm scared to shave six to eight years off my life? I just try nine different hot pockets. You're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. Speaking of different, trying nine different hot pockets. How about this all-in show? <laughs> Segway of the year. To yeah. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'll, I, what a segue! I'll, 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 yep, yep. I'll take. I'll, I'll because take that because I'll, I'll that handlebars in his motorcycle. Because really that quick. was go, go yeah. Go ahead. No, I, I was. I need to say this is that I watched. Did you watch both shows, John? Be honest, all of them. I I watched. Okay, so no, I did not watch all out, but I watched all in and uh, payback. I didn't get to all out. Okay, no, no. It's, the only reason I asked is that I want in watching both of them and knowing what's going on and Andretti, you correct me if I'm wrong. I swear to you on all it's sacred that I watched that all in show and I felt like I was watching the Super Bowl, right? Like if pageantry, Mm -hmm. it felt Mm -hmm. like a big deal. Yes. And it was a great show. Yes. I watched all out. And it felt like it felt like everybody in the ring was trying to prove something. And it was awesome. 
it literally it from from saturday to sunday it the the vibe of the shows every like everything i i'm I'm struggling to articulate this is horrible audio but what I, i guess what i'm trying to get at is that you had what was supposed to be your marquee mega mega show that felt like a marquee mega show came off like a marquee mega show and i was so happy with it and then the next week you went into what was essentially a b show with a b lineup etc etc and that was that might have been my favorite show of this year and i mean that like that show might have been better than any show from beginning to end four hours long or whatever that i've seen this whole year and i i'm just i'm so optimistic for pro wrestling over the next six to 12 months i really am because i think that i think that a lot of kinks might have gotten worked out here do we want to do 60 seconds of punk is slap slap it in here hit the music john and then i'll go first yeah you know what it is 60 seconds of punk and we all won coming from the east coast to the west coast 60 seconds of punk hard cut off what all right so listen i said this a while ago that i was scared that cm punk was going to be the 2002 nwo and guess what cm punk was the 2002 nwo nobody wanted him and the people that did want him were his good friends. And this isn't to say that CM Punk isn't a nice guy. I don't know him. It'd be wrong for me to say otherwise. However, the locker room as a whole did not want him. And the locker room as a whole are going to be better off without him. He is great. Not only is he great, he's beyond great. The fact that he worked the match that he did with Joe moments after having a um, I'm going to quit the show moment with Tony Khan and Jack Perry backstage goes to show how good he is. However, because he had a I'm going to quit the show moment, uh, the minute before he was supposed to kick off a show with 81,000 people that literally an entire company was like hitched onto shows how much of an idiot that he is. And so I loved the return. I loved a lot of the matches. I think that he is great at what he does. And I think that the entire company will be better off Without him, I wish him the best. If there's a WWE run, I seriously hope that he gets it. I would love to see WWE Part 2. Part of me secretly is going to be watching and be like, what's going on over there? But I'd like to see it, man. I really do. I really want to see it. And so I bid you adieu. Goodbye. Good night. Bang. Now, oh, by the way, uh, Collision on Saturday, if you notice, didn't have nine squash matches on it because the roster was allowed to be on collision for once. And so that's going to be very good for collision, especially going against college football this year. I'm done. Uh, Andretti, you want to take your uh, 60 seconds of punk? I don't have too much, but you know, at some point, if there's 99 people that have a problem with one person, it doesn't matter who is in the right and who's in the wrong. This has been going on for a long time. That one person needs to go and they made the right call by getting rid of them. Um, that guy is exactly who I always thought he was. He's a piece of shit. He's selfish. He he even pissed off Samoa Joe before going out to that match. 
he he almost he almost didn't even go out to that match to to wrestle in front of those people because he was throwing a temper tantrum backstage. The guy's worse than Hulk Hogan, and I will I will stand by that he is worse than Hulk Hogan. And I don't ever want to see him again. He does not deserve to be in the WWE. He does not deserve to get that paycheck. He does not deserve to get that shine or that spotlight. They don't need him. The guy's a joke. We don't ever need to see him again. Fuck you. I hope I never see you again on TV. Wow, that was spicy. He is exactly who I always said he was. Exactly. He proved it. You proved it. All you can go on is 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 past precedent about how people are in their life. This guy's always been a douchebag. He's always been hard to deal with. He's been a bully. He's he's been confrontational. He knows Tony Khan is a really nice person. He's taken advantage of Tony Khan every chance he's gotten. He's extremely disrespectful. He's a complete asshole to other talent. There's no reason why that guy should ever be on your roster. So okay, and, and, let, and- let me let me say this too real quick. It is not an easy thing. When you're when you are a in a in a leadership position and you're not a confrontational, you're not an alpha male in the room like Tony Khan's not. He's a very well liked, nice guy. It is really difficult to make decisions like should we terminate this person, right? Or how yeah. do we confront this person that is that is the the biggest personality in the room, or how do we confront that, right? And I've got to give Tony Khan a lot of credit. I get I, I'm, I go back to that thing after the uh, the show in September. I don't know how Tony Khan did punch that guy in the face, and it, and I give him a lot of credit for the restraint that he that he gave right there on the spot about not losing his mind right there on CM Punk. And I I said it before, and I I I still believe it. You got to give it a chance to get better, and you got to try to get better with everybody and try to make everybody work um, so that we can make some money together, right? You you owe it to yourselves to try to get together to make it work, right? To make, make to make money as a company. And they did that. And the guy has proven that he he cannot deal with anyone. He got into fights with people like Ryan Nemeth and Jack Perry. Well, I mean, dude, come on, what are we doing? You're you're fighting with dude, dude, Steven Regal's first Steven Regal's first day on the job, he called Steven Regal a hunter stooge yeah. and said, I don't trust you. And I, I bet right now he probably is uh Saying, Regret- oh, I was just kidding. JK. <laughs> JK, man. JK, JK, Lord William. You want to talk about somebody that can't get out of their own way. It's him. And I'm telling you right now, man, history is not going to be kind to CM Punk. It's not going to be. And, it, and you just, well, just, just trust me on that. I'm telling you right now, you're going you're gonna to remember that. History will not be kind to that guy's legacy. And really quick, because I know John's going to, John's going to baby face just a little bit. So before he does, I'll just say one more thing. Uh, that CM Punk, so there are there are the veterans in the room, right? And they're the guys that are there to help you learn. And they're, you know, forever, there has been the old guard teaches the young guys what to do. And then the young guys figure out that I should have been listening to the old guys the whole time. And it's one thing when you are the old guy that's in a suit that comes back to town that says, fellas, this is what success looks like. And this is how you get to where you, where I am. And there's another thing, whenever you're the guy that comes back to the high school football game, wearing your letterman's jacket, telling the coach what plays to call. And I feel like he's been the latter and it's, it's a shame because he has a lot of cachet dude. And he is, he's, he's a draw and He's got fans and, you know, the, the, he sold out the United Center on a rumor. And the reality of it is that 
that first episode of Collision did whatever it did. And then those numbers went down. And you know when they spiked? Whenever Adam Cole and MJF were in the main event against FTR. And then those ratings went right back down again. And so if there were that many CM Punk fans out there, that wouldn't have been the rating pattern. We could put out excuses and we could say that there was a WWE show and there was a UFC show and there was blah, blah, blah. If CM Punk was that dude, they wouldn't have 500,000 people watching on Saturday. They would have something closer to Dynamite. And the only time that they have something closer to Dynamite or they had something as close to Dynamite from the launch of the show was whenever they had Adam Cole and MJF in the main event of that thing. And so they'll be they'll be just fine. Boy, that crowd sure wasn't too uh wasn't too uh pro CM Punk this weekend. That was a pretty that was a pretty even crowd and a nice wasn't crowd. wasn't that something? Wasn't yeah. that something? Amazing how that happened. Go, go ahead, John. I you 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 go. Yeah, so I'm I am uh not as irritated. I mean, I, I'm I'm irritated uh because it, it's like kind of like tony we kind of you kind of knew what you bought when you when you when you signed up for this and uh i kind of felt like he was and like what andretti said about him he was making face he was turning baby face and everyone was rejoicing and happy that he was back and it seemed like he was kind of changed and then very quickly kind of realized that things weren't whenever and, and like it wasn't quickly it just kind of happened out of nowhere with brawl out whenever that happened then all of these other issues that have been kind of leading up to that came out and it's like, Oh, Holy shit. We're back here again. And things kind of never got better there from the start. So I don't know. I mean, it's definitely uh, somebody who took advantage of the system uh, that Tony had in place and somebody that tried to come in and change and try to make, um, make his own company is kind of what it felt like uh, that was not welcomed. And, um, he took that with, he took that as a personal attack and I, that's kind of how I feel about it, which it sucks. I mean, he is great. Uh, I mean, the fact that everything that Mongoose said about him, like literally getting into a, uh, like, I want to quit. I'm not going out there and then going out there and have that match. That's like how good he is, but he can't get out of his own damn way. And it sucks as fans. That Don't forget that he had to get talked into that. He had to get talked into it. And it's, and what sucks is that, you know, that it's a whole lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda with CM Punk. It's a whole lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda happened if, you know, he would have main evented WrestleMania or if he would have not, you know, taken that, not have said all that shit in that press conference or if he wouldn't have met Jack Perry backstage, which to really think about that whole back, uh, that whole Jack Perry stuff, like, Okay, I get that. Like, if somebody wants to use real glass, and like you might have been put in a weird spot to say, like, hey, like we're not going to use real glass. Like, that's probably you know, it's like a safety thing. But like, I don't know. This whole this feels like a a big misstep in leadership, and uh, and it showed through that it doesn't matter how even bad of a talent can be, uh, if you don't have any leadership in place, uh, it nothing nothing's ever going to change, and. Um, this is where I feel like we give a lot of shit to Undertaker on this uh, on this podcast sometimes, uh, but I feel like that is what's missing in AEW is somebody that says, no, fuck you. This is what we're really going to do. It seems like there's a whole lot of cooks in the kitchen and nobody knows how to make the soup. Uh, so hopefully things change. I am optimistic. I heard really great reviews, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it here uh, about what happened with All Out, but um, 
when the foundation is rocked, will the pillar still hold? And that's kind of well, where I'm the, at with the, AEW. Yeah, and well, the big thing here, John, is the worst thing about CM Punk is that you were the biggest AEW fan I knew, and you didn't watch this show last week, and it's literally his fault. Yeah. Like, like it, it's Tony's fault because it's his company. Right. But it's because of CM Punk. Like, literally, and, my and, decline and, started whenever the brawlout stuff happened. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing is that that brawlout stuff, so we heard – so we – all the stuff that we heard right away literally all shook out to be, well, CM Punk he did throw the first punch. And I got news for you, man. If I am an EVP and – I am listening to somebody on the roster sit next to my boss that started this company with me and say how much we all suck and don't know what we're doing and say, like, come find me. Well, then I'm going to come find you. So they did. And so everybody always says that, oh, you know, these, you know, sissy and, you know, bleep this out, but these pussy young bucks and blah, blah, blah. Like they went and found them, man. And you know what they did? Like they said, what are you doing? And then so he still threw the first punch. By all accounts, he threw the first punch. And so he starts it, he starts the problem with the press conference, throws the first punch in a physical altercation. Then the elite guys, as much as everybody wants to say that all oh, these elite guys, they run the company, blah, blah, blah. They said, bro, we're done with you. We no mas. We don't want any more. And so then Punk got to babyface himself and leak to all of his sources and say, I, I have these meetings, meetings with the elite. I'm going to I'm going to set this up. I'm going to do this and that. And we come to find out time after time that either the story's incomplete or things get strategically leaked to make him look a certain way. And then that whole Jack Perry story, um, you know, that gets leaked by him. Before the uh, before even the um, all out weekend and everything or all in weekend started because the baby faces punk so that he could be the uh, you know the, the the locker room guy. I don't know, man. I I'm, I'm very frustrated because and and this stuff that just came out that the day that he was released he leaked the story that he was supposed to meet with the elite and. The reality of that was is that TK calls the elite and says, hey, guys, do you want to have a meeting with Punk? We're all going to be together. And then they say no. So, again, he he gets a chance to leak stories that make it seem like he tried to make this work. When in reality, he tried to make this work in the way that, like, people in bad relationships say that they're trying to make this work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's literally it's literally me being like. Uh, like in a breakup and saying, Hey, you know, let you, I want you to live your own life. By the way, like, you know, I miss you and you know, you look good. Like, do you know what right, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a, this weird, like, manipulative, strange thing. Um, and I don't even, I, I don't I just, even care. I don't care who's right. It's you sacrifice yeah, one for the good of everyone. I don't, I don't care. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 it turns into toxic. You took the best locker room in pro wrestling and turned it into a shit show and the thing is is everybody can joke and say it was all friends wrestling or whatever but look man i don't care if it's all friends wrestling if the locker room the people making the money like to be at work every day and if they're having a lot of fun and putting on good matches then i honestly don't care if cole cabana is getting a push i don't 
Like yeah. I, I'd much rather watch people like what they're doing and get paid to do it. And so that hasn't been the case. And it hasn't been. Everybody can tell. And I'll tell you what, John, all in felt like that. It did. It, 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 it that was a good feeling show. Yeah. Or all out rather, I guess. I, I get him confused. Christ. All, back out, back. all out was the second one, right? Yep. All out yes, was the second, was the second yeah. one. Uh so Wembley, um we I don't think I want to go over the whole show. Uh, but I, I felt I, my, I'm going to echo what you said, Mongoose. It felt like, it felt like the Super Bowl. It felt like AEW Super Bowl and it felt big. It felt special. Uh, I love the setup. It looked fantastic. Um, I, I, my only small critique is that like those upper seats were not fully filled, but you still sold 81,000 tickets. Weren't they so. by the end of the show? I couldn't tell. There, they, there was there was papered off stuff, but but uh, they did set the paid attendance record. They yeah. beat the they Silver beat the Dome, and they beat WrestleMania from 2016. What year is that? Uh, yeah, 30. Um, it was Dallas? 32. Was that Dallas? Dallas, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say one those. more thing. I'm gonna say one more thing. This is the last thing I'm gonna say about it. Um, that that show in September last September was, was a very good show. And what did everybody remember from that show? They only remember the CM Punk stuff and no they one remember remember, the no one, backstage. No one remembers the fact that the way that that show ended was CM Punk winning that belt and then MJF and him doing that stare down. And there was never any, there was never any finish up from that. And what has everybody been talking about from all, from all in? No one remembers fucking Wembley. Everyone is talking no. about CM Punk. We yeah. we everybody's talking about the temper tantrum that their biggest star threw and and made himself bigger than the whole show. Yeah. And that's all you need to know right there. That's all you need to know. Absolutely. Yeah, because like no one no one's talking about because I thought that I thought that all in was I thought it was really good. I have some gripes about the finish in the main event. I did not like that. Um, but I I I mean I again I thought that the CM Punk Samoa Joe match was really good. I thought that the FTR Bucks tag match was better than the second one. I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, oh, it was excellent. Yeah, it was excellent. And then for I, I might be an outlier on here, but I really enjoyed the women's match. That is never something that I thought you know you could really say a lot in AEW, but I actually really enjoyed the women's match and I and it felt good and it felt right. Well, the thing about it was the match itself was fine. The thing about it was that look, man, it's, it's fake. You get to pick who wins and who loses and where they do it when. And so Soraya comes out to We Will Rock You with her family, and then Soraya wins. So yes, like, yeah. yes, right? Like, right result, right, right everything, no problem with that. You skipped over the trios match. The trios match was excellent, and yes. then Takeshita the pinning Kenny. Yes. It was great. Good stuff, brother. Yeah. Uh, my only, my, my, look, I get it about the women's match. I, I understand, but um, it, I just hope this isn't a long thing. It's going to be a, a, a long deal with her's champ. Cause there's people there that are maybe a little, a little better than her in 2023 than what she is. Um, that probably deserve that belt a little bit more than she does. So hopefully this isn't going to be a long break. I, and they have, they now have a pay-per-view coming up on October 1st and then they have full, they have full gear. Yep. And I, I I don't see they they have to be smart enough to see that she's not the long term plan. But at that show at that time, 
I, if I was booking him in, I, that's what I'd have done. Is I'd have had her go over. And the fact that, um, you know, that she pinned, she pinned Tony, right? I think so. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like Tony's Britt had, Britt, Britt had Sheeta. Britt had Sheeta in the lockjaw or whatever, and then yeah. uh, Soraya pinned Tony, right? Right, because it was like the end of the Outcast or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's, it's good stories. So I, I didn't have a problem with that at all. Yeah, I don't Which, like. By the way, Tony Storm is awesome. She's awesome, she's but I don't awesome. like that. I don't like that new gimmick, though. It's I. I'm... I was just gonna say her new gimmick's the best gimmick she's had in years. Tony losing her mind, kind of in her underwear, makeup half done, uh, like looking like a, being a crazy person. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Maybe I haven't seen enough of it yet, because maybe maybe that's on me. But um... she, dude, she. Spoiler alert: She shows up in All Out uh, to. Um, you know, do a, a run in in the match in the the women's match there. Um, we're only led to believe that she's just been waiting out of the ring for hours and hours and hours, and she literally is in a bathrobe in her underwear with her makeup kind of done and her hair like Marilyn Monroe, and doesn't run like, <laughs> dude, I'm in, I'm 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 <laughs> all the way in. I I absolutely love it, man. Um, yeah, I think my favorite match of the night. Uh, for all in was the sting match. I thought the sting match that that was my favorite match the whole entire night. I had so much fun watching that match. It was so good. So good. They haven't booked anybody better than sting since the started company. Sting yep. is the best book person in the company. No, the I, I, great. I was going to say, I, I'm more impressed every time I see Strickland now too, man. I, I've, I've kind of, I liked him a lot in NXT. Then I kind of wasn't really in on him, you know, too much in AEW because he kind of floundered around. He didn't really know what to do with him. But well, he that fucked guy, around with Keith Lee for forever. He's great. He, Strickland's great. Yeah, I really want to see Strickland get like a run, like like with a the a good storyline, something that makes sense. Like like put him in a prominent spot because I think like the dude is like really good, and he should he he's been working good enough to get the shine somewhere. I mean, he's already been a tag champion once. Like let's maybe throw him in there with Moxley. That's a guy that should be your Ring of Honor champ. If you're if you're not going to use Ring of Honor as developmental, it should be like Jack Perry and Strickland fighting for that belt is what it should be. And hook. So, yeah. Hook. Yep. 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 Get it off of Claudio. It's not doing us any good with him. Get that Strickland should be the ROH champ. Yeah. I I just I really I thought that the Sting match was my favorite match of the night. Uh that um, I, I love the stadium stampede, man. I thought the stadium stampede was great. I really did. Like for, for, for what it was and for who was in it and everything. I, I, I had a lot of fun watching that, man. I thought that they did a great job with that match. Like that entire, the entire card, there's nothing that was on that, that I, I'm not going to say that wasn't a good match, but I'm going to say there's nothing on that that didn't feel pay-per-view. Yes. Everything on that show felt pay-per-view, and that's what was really cool about that. Yes. Um, and then I, I still think that Will, you know, we've been talking about it here a lot. Uh, Will Ospreay is the best in the world right now. Uh, he had a great match with Jericho. Uh, Jericho just still proving he can go out and still do it, and I thought that they had a, an excellent match. Um, and then the, the Bay Bay... Uh, Adam Cole and MJF. It was a big moment. The match, the match felt big when they finally got to the end. It felt big, and then they just did. They just shit all over that ending, and then. But it was all to get them to hug in the end. Um, 
but I don't. I, we still, I, we still could have got there without that. That, that that double pin was completely unnecessary. It felt like weird fan yeah. service, like weird fan service. Yeah. Um. And so I, it, I don't know. Like, and maybe it was all done just to get the five more, like to play off the five more minutes thing. Maybe that was it. It was unnecessary. Um. But the fact that we got a finish that was. You know, it was roll up. It wasn't his move. It wasn't a tap out. I did appreciate that because it's not like this story is going to end tomorrow. Um, and I I was actually all in on the Roddy Strong spots because every time yeah. I thought we were going to see a turn, we didn't. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I actually I actually did like that, especially at the end when Cole threw the belt out of the ring, pissed off. And then he ends up it, it ends up looking really human. Because like if you're my friend, John, and if you beat me in something that matters to me, I'd be mad at you. Yeah. Or I'd be mad, but I'm not mad at you. So like you're mad, right? You throw like you throw your golf club or whatever. Yeah. But then you're like, ah, I still got my brother. And that right. was that actually felt authentic there. I, I really did like that part. Yeah, because while I was watching it, I hated the Roddy Strong part. And then as as like time went on, I thought about it. I was like, damn, like they did it, they did it right. And they did. I, I felt I felt all in was uh, fantastic. I because I, I first watched it in spots because I was on my way home because I was away that weekend. But then um, I was sat and watched the whole thing start to finish, and I thought it was fantastic. Um, and then you know it's all clouded by the CM Punk stuff. So, um, but then that leads us to All Out, and that's something that I didn't get to watch this weekend. Something had to some some couldn't make the cut. And it was all out. And it was mainly because of the CM Punk stuff. And I was just irritated with all of it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have been planning to watch it this week at some point. You're, you're doing yourself a disservice as a wrestling fan. And as somebody that knows all of these people that worked on this show, not watching that show. I'm not saying you need to watch it tonight, but right. like you, you need to watch it. And, uh, you know, to, if if you want to if you want to go match by match, uh, that's fine. But the three things that everybody needs to see are the strap match with uh, Starks and Danielson. So the go, go uh, really quick. That was really surprising that Danielson stepped in, uh, which makes me really sad that he wasn't able to step in a week before at Wembley. Well, the thing about that, John, is is that he couldn't wrestle at Wembley because he wasn't cleared. Right. Meltzer wrote in the in the Observer Friday before All Out. He said Danielson's timeline looks like he's hoping to be he's hit or miss to be ready for the Wrestle Dream show. Yeah. Hoping for mid September, or excuse me, for uh, hoping for mid October. Maybe if it's a miracle, he can make the um, the New York show. If it's yeah. a miracle, and then you know what happens whenever you're whenever you have people in your company that aren't bags of shit, they Dude. step up. Yeah, and so that guy, somebody that... says, I, "I I'm not gonna you know I I don't want to come out to wrestle you Samoa Joe," and they fire him. And good on whoever thought, "Hey, we have a dragon," and then that bastard comes out there. And not only works the strap match, John, it is, it is, it is, it is a, 
is a that match is a 25 minute crime it is violence it is an assault like you ain't never seen and it is beautiful if that's Sports. not five Sports. or five Sports. plus stars yeah if that's not five or five plus stars somebody's somebody's got something wrong that was something else man that, yeah whenever i saw that danielson came back uh because i i mean i've seen a lot of stuff that happened i just haven't watched it so i know that danielson came back and that got me really excited because the only thing that all in felt like it didn't have was danielson and now that danielson's back and it sounds like danielson is slipping in the cm punk spot on collision uh i'm very very that, that makes me excited and to also think about uh one thing that we didn't mention in the in the punk stuff uh, that I want to get out here too, that I know that Andretti doesn't care about, but Edge, who they if they need veteran help and they want to make a big splash, there is no better person to call. There's only one person available right now, and it's Edge. And you can slip him into a role. He doesn't have to work every single week. He's good. I'm I'm sure that he's really good friends with. Danielson, you can let well, him Christian, Christian, Christian's the one. Christian's the and, one that would bring him in. And Christian's and Christian the one that bring just him in. And, correct. Christian just re-upped. Why not throw them both? At, if they if they want a big splash for um Arthur Ash here at the end of the month, you sign me up even more for that. Well, and and the reason it would work is is because Christian might not be everybody's favorite. He was certainly a fruit fart debut because we thought we were getting like Brock Lesnar or Goldberg. Yeah. And yeah. it was Christian. But he's you know so what? Good. That dude, that dude is he's such a chumpany man. He really is. He's he's an all-star worker. Yes. He's never gonna wrestle a bad match. Nope. He's a pro on the microphone. And so obviously he knows people in that backstage and gets along to get along. And so I I'm a thousand percent positive that Edge would be able to assimilate with that locker. I would like to have him. I know I said that it's it's not a good call to pay him all that money, but now I think it is. I think it's worth it to, to pay him to come in and be a well-liked, well-respected guy that is willing to put people over and, and work as, a, as a, a, an enhancement guy. Put him on top, and he's, he's going to be a top guy, but he's ultimately there to put people over eventually. And I think that's a, the right call. You, you bring in people and you surround you surround everybody with people that want to be there that are going to be helpful. And, and I have no reason to believe that Edge is, it w- wouldn't be that guy from day one. I think that Edge will give us everything that CM Punk couldn't. Like he'll give us the feel goods with Edge and Christian. He can do something with the Hardys. They can do the Young Bucks. They can do FTR. They can do singles matches. And it's not like Edge is going to be a dickhead and shit all over. Edge, Edge and Christian versus the Young Bucks can legitimately headline a pay per view. Like yeah, I mean, headline a pay per view. Let's do it. I'm, yes. I'm all in, man. I'm all. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm all not. In. I'm not as I'm not as biggest fan of, of his work in the ring, especially like you know since he came back. But I think it's a, a slam dunk higher to bring him in and into well, they freed well they just freed up a lot of money because they ain't got to pay CM well and, I, and i'll tell you what else and i i know that he doesn't care but me and you guys do and our our little you know geek squad do his only chance at the observer hall of fame yes is an aw run it's yeah. his only chance because yeah. this wwe run did deadly yeah he, he was not getting in after this wwe run an AEW run legit might make it happen. If it's a strong three-year run, it can legit make it happen. Yeah. 
So I didn't mean to even, even you there. if he just is a guy that comes in that is only there for two years and, and is able to and just has great matches. Great yeah, matches elevates people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Just there's something to be said about being a, a good human being, also. Right. Right. And and Edge, Edge already is a very well liked person. And Edge is already friends with FTR as well, like really good friends too. So like that makes me think too that like it's it's it, they can make it a reality. So I didn't mean to throw you off there and steal your spotlight, but no, I, had, I had to had to get the Edge stuff out. All right, so Andretti, I'm on the cell phone here, so I'm just looking at your three or our three beautiful faces. Uh, Uncle John, if you could just put the pull the card up, I'm going to go off of memory. Let's see how good I got this. Andretti, we started with um, Adam Cole and MJF versus the uh, Dark Order, Silver and Reynolds, in what I thought was a very bleh match to like, announce. But I'll tell you what, dude, to be the opener of a show and to have Reynolds and Silver um, playing the subtle heel and then having Reynolds being the person that hurts MJF's neck and then the announcers play up that Reynolds trained MJF, I thought that was all very good story stuff. And then when MJF comes back as the triumphant babyface, I, I thought that this match was a wonderful opener. I was disappointed with it being announced, but if for, for it being the opener in the show, I had no problem with it. It is, It was a three-star match, man. It was as regular as regular could be, but it still was an awesome way to start the pay-per-view. What do you think? I, I didn't care either way. Uh, I mean, I was I was cleaning <laughs> while that match was on. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste my mental energy on on Silver and Reynolds at this point. Wow, I I, I got wish- you. I, I, to me, seriously, for me, I I thought that it was a I thought it was a really really fun start. So I am I am not the uh, the the pisser that Andretti is right there. I I thought that this was a great start to the show. This was not a semi main. This was not a build your show or show around it match. But for it being the opener, totally cool. Um, second match on the show uh, was, the that, Smo- was that Smo- the big Joe. meaty men? Yeah, no, Joe, Joe, oh, Joe, oh, dude, thank you for bringing that. Okay, so that was big meaty men, but it wasn't the big meaty men I was thinking about. Really quick, Shane Taylor, hats off to you, man, because I did not like Shane Taylor matches for a long time. Uh, I disliked Shane Taylor matches so much that I quit watching original Ring of Honor. And this guy came out there and looked like he belonged and worked like he belonged. With and no, he lost with and no help, with no he help lost to set up a, a Joe and MJF program. Go ahead. They just threw him out there with no build up to who this guy was. It's just this big guy that we now have on a pay per view. They That's, gave nothing. Well, we they have to be no watching Ring of Honor, which we don't. No, and why would I mean? Come on, we got to be able to do something. If that guy's going to be challenging for a match that you want people to buy, you, he's got to be on Dynamite or, or Collision and get a couple get a couple wins. Just show. Who I they completely agree is. with you. Who is who is this person? I completely we, agree with we you. We only know him because we watch wrestling. That's the only reason why we know who he is. We know nobody, nobody other than hardcore fans is going to know who the hell Shane Taylor is. Well, I'll tell you what. That's what's kind of fr- that's did a great job. He did a really good job. That's what's frustrating. Yeah, as soon as awesome. I saw that Shane Taylor was going to be on the show, I was like, dude, Shane Taylor hasn't been on television ever. And then, like, the other thing that kind of irritated me too that like I saw that Tony said after the show was that. People have shown that they're gonna pay pay-per-views and they know that we're gonna put on really good pay-per-views. So I'm not there's there's no emphasis to make TV better or something like that. Like 
is essentially what he said. That's that, like saying we're not. I'd be willing to bet, John, that he didn't say. I, I'd be willing to bet that he didn't say out loud that I, there's no there's no reason to make TV better. I'm pulling. Like, up the- I, I I I think that this is you still being like my glass still is piss in it <laughs> because I'm willing to say that he didn't say to everybody there's no reason for me to make good TV shows. He said he stopped paying attention to the discourse online about pay-per-view builds because of how good the pay-per-view turnouts in the end. Well, they're great shows. That actually is true. It is true. Here's the thing, dude. If I don't need to watch the shows during the week, then I just freed up four hours during the week and I'll still pay (laughs) 50 bucks to have great four hours every three months. So he's not wrong there. I don't care. (laughs) I like to watch the weekly shows because I like to get the stories. You don't watch them anymore. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I don't watch Dynamite anymore. I was sit down and watch me some Raw. But uh, but yeah, I I that is that is a little. I I would that they need to get better at explaining why people are there. I feel like they don't do enough of that, and we've been saying that since day one. All right. So then the next match was, was Luchasaurus uh, versus Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. Guys, this is awesome. This was this was another violent assault. It was not the crime scene that Danielson and Starks was, where uh, Danielson literally just starts whipping Starks in the face with an actual strap for minutes and minutes and minutes. Um, but my God, Darby Allen, do what you can to make yourself famous. I guess this was great. Yeah, love it. Lucha Stars looked like a picked up, brutal guy. It came off really well. I mean, that guy was pretty pretty damn good. Picked up steps, put them onto Darby's carcass, smashed the steps into Darby's carcass, uh, triple pile driver or tombstone with a dead eye or snake eyes, and then into it. Like, it was, I'm so glad that Luchasaurus got a win that even though it was a little bit murky, look decisive as hell because good for luchasaurus man because even though the whole angle with this is that christian says it's his title the fact that you have a credible big nasty man that's holding that belt i think only serves serves the story better so i i was i i I thought that this was a i thought this was a gold star man this was really good yeah uh, so next up did we we get big meaty men yeah oh yeah miro miro hobbs in the next dude this would the only reason that this doesn't have all of the stars is I then had to spread some out to Starks and Danielson and then Omega and Takeshita and then Moxon all for different reasons later. When I first saw this match, if I had a hundred stars to divvy out in one show, I'd have given <laughs> all one hundred to this match. <laughs> this dude, they do like like almost like big man lucha at the beginning, and then all of a sudden. The crowd was chanting, and I thought they were chanting slap that knee because I thought they were making fun of a spot, <laughs> and I realized that they were chanting slap that meat. And these big mother baggers just started beating the holy hell out of each other, <laughs> and they never stopped. John, this is a 17-minute meat fest. The crowd is chanting. They're chanting – um. Uh, oh my gosh! They're chanting meat forever. Uh, slap that meat, meat forever. Um, oh, it's it's so good, dude. And the, the, these guys are selling in the right spots and no selling in the right spots. And it was this was freaking awesome, man. This this show went from 
The Darby match was really good. This show went from, hey, this is going to be good, like a good show, to, oh, baby, right here. Because it doesn't stop from right there, man. Like, this was awesome. Uh, and then we had the Lana debut, uh, which in terrible AW storytelling fashion, uh, I, Rusev either forgot that he was married or no. there was a... He used to walk around and say that, like, my, my hot, flexible wife has forsaken me or whatever. I do remember that. Yeah. But that was also a year and a half ago. So I don't know, you know why they feel, go somewhere. I don't know why they felt the need to piggyback off the WWE storyline because because that they had that she had sex with Bobby Lashley and then so he wasn't gonna like I don't know why they had to piggyback off that. I because I did see that and I was like, damn, why don't we why don't we just talk about the hot flexible wife instead of piggybacking off of what WWE did? Well, the thing about it, John, is that I I don't even know if that's been implicated. It's he went from being the, he was the you know the game or the game guy or whatever and then he was the redeemer and he would talk about my hot flexible wife and then he stopped and he was like my god has forsaken me my hot forsake my hot flexible wife has forsaken me but then we never got rationale as to why and so i don't even know if those two story or those two timelines even match i i don't i that just it was weird but you know what whatever dude that match was so great that i don't even care <laughs> yeah i don't care either i i, I don't care. i love the match i love both those guys it, just give me more of both or give me give yep. me more of them together that's all i care about whatever yep you want you want to have you want to have lana out there prancing around with a in a bra so be it i'm not going to tell you not to do that but i mean it's right I don't care. Whatever. Just give me, give me more, right. give me more of all of the above. Right. Then we, the strap match we covered. Strap match. Well, we had the, the the next match was Statlander Ruby, which I didn't see any of because I was making I was making fun oh. at that point. Oh, oh so so <laughs> I, you know what I I watched that and um that was the one where where uh, Tony comes out and uh, Tony costs Ruby and so that was cool. They I feel like they went too long. And if I was willing to bet, I would assume that Omega laid this match out because this match was laid out like one that was supposed to be way better than it was. And it was only because, like, Statlander's great, but she's not, like, solid, if that makes sense. Like, like spots aren't crisp. Transitions and spots aren't always crisp, everything like that. Like, she's really strong. She's, she's an awesome physical presence. Um, I thought Soho was wonderful in this match. I thought she did a great job. I, and I love the Tony Storm finish. So yeah, I mean that was fine. Then that the next one after then that, that, then we had the strap match, right? Strap match was next, which we talked about. It was excellent. Ricky Starks looked like a million bucks. And then we had um the combat club versus uh or Claudio and, and Yuta versus Kingston and Shibata, which I didn't see any of that either. So you know what? With this match, this match was fine. And it was it you want to talk about death spot, man. Like after that crowd saw that match with those people and that violence and that blood and that finish and everything else, these guys were in the death spot. And you know what? They went out there and they fucking worked. We got to believe that one. And they worked and they, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh, Will Yuta eats a back fist from um, Shibata, 
And he hits him so clean with this back fist in the face that Nigel screams out loud. And this is why I won't return to pro wrestling. And then somebody else says something to him. And he says, oh, yeah, he aimed for the back of his head. But the front got in the way first because it looked like he literally sliced through his head Mortal Kombat style. Um, The only thing that was bad about this was the finish. Claudio literally just hits Eddie Kingston with an uppercut. And then Kingston doesn't kick out. And then he kicks out of like four. And I don't know if that was supposed to happen or if Kingston forgot to kick out or if he was really knocked out. It was very strange. But you know what? It was a fine match. Like it wasn't bad. And it was in a death spot. And so for that, I actually give it a little bit more, you know, credit than I would have otherwise, which sets the table for just gorilla knockers. My God almighty. Omega Takeshita. Folks, just when you think that this Will Ospreay guy is the best guy in the world, this Danielson guy is the best guy in the world. Here, here comes Kenny, man. And I go back to whatever I said on that mid-year show. If you say Kenny ain't the best, you're wrong. Dude, he's so good. This match is insanity from start to finish. Storytelling is incredible. Don Callis should should be you – know, you know Don Callis has his own regular T-shirt right now on, now on Pro Wrestling Tees. Yes. It's $109. Yes, that's, that's so good. It's so awesome. $109, dude. It's half his face and half a lion face. And yeah. it says something in Latin. Yeah. <laughs> Andretti, buy that. No. Put that on the wall behind you, dude. I love, I love Callus, but I'm not, I'm not spending 110 dollars on a, on a shirt. Dude, this, dude, you this know somebody match, bought that shirt too. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if multiple people have bought it. Don deserves it, man. So buy him for Don. Yeah, buy him for uh, Don. But guys, ha- hashtag, yeah, this match. Hashtag buy him for Don. Yeah, that's a new yeah, shirt the, on podskimerch.com. Buy it for Don. This match was so good. John, since you haven't seen the show, I'm actually not going to go into detail so that you can see what happens in the match. It's, it's that good. Okay. Well, thank like, you. Even if you know the finish, even if you know the finish, how I they don't. get to the finish, then then it's not worth me spoiling it for I, I just hope that um, you got the rocket on Takeshita now, and we're going to really push him for something big. There's no way. There's no way that he wouldn't given the relationship with New Japan, given the relationship with DDT, given the position that uh, Kenny Omega is in, and now that there's no CM Punk on Saturday night, that guy's got a chance to shine. Yeah. So now's the time. They, it's, it's past due, and I feel like they are getting behind it now. So let's rock. Um, I, I remember really seeing quick, him. I got to say two things. I got to say two things, and I got to go. So I'll yeah, let you go. Absolutely. First thing is that eight-man tag was great. I love how even though FTR is CM Punk's boys, thank you for being pros and for making that match really fun because the whole match was them and the Young Bucks doing spots together. So, John, watch that. If you want to see Dax and Matt do the BT trigger together, if you want to see Nick, if you want to see Nick and Cash do the big rig together, 
Oh my uh, god! And, and Spike Pilot, please, John. It's so much fun. The Bang Bang Gang is incredible. Love there them. could not be a better team to put the Ass Boys with than Jay White and um, Juice Robinson. They're an incredible group. And then the last thing I have to say is that I thought Orange should win until I saw Orange not win. And I'm so glad that he didn't because that belt now goes to a big-time player. It was not given to some geek on a Wednesday. It was done in front of the sold-out – or um, so not sold-out. A main event uh, – excuse me, a, a pay-per-view crowd at the United Center. And yeah. then he got his send-off, thank you, Orange moment. And that was awesome. Podsky, love you guys. Oh, my gosh, Muhammad Hassan. No! That main event's great. Um, Orange Cassidy and Moxley just killed each other the whole time. There was tons of blood. Cassidy was bleeding all over the place. Um, just the – it was – I didn't like the ending in the moment. I, I didn't like him losing to Moxley in the moment. It, Moxley at this point just feels to me like someone that's really not – doesn't always need to have a title. But Orange having it, – it, it taking a, a major main event player to beat him to win that belt is the right call, in my opinion, in retrospect. Yeah. And and I I haven't watched the show at all, um, but I know that Orange really took a dead title and has made it relevant. And I am glad that it is going it, that it's on somebody that is a main eventer like John Moxley. It seems like anytime, like in, there is a pull in case of emergency, uh, John Moxley is the one that gets pulled, um, and you know he is. He's the guy for AEW. If there's ever any he should, issues, he should, have he, a, he should have a long run, but he shouldn't have a longer run than Orange Cassidy yet. Correct. Yeah. Don't let it be longer than Orange Cassidy, but make it prevalent. Put some dudes over, have him lose, and have that build into a next feud. Because you're right. I believe that Moxley is one of those dudes that doesn't need a belt to be awesome. And he is fucking awesome. Sure. Um, but yeah, but now that uh, Mongoose is out, we have uh, some stuff to talk about too. Uh, do you want to save the big reveal for the end? Yeah, we can do that. Do you want to talk about uh, uh, payback real quick? Yeah, we will talk about payback. Um, okay. Yes, yeah, so we'll save that for the end. Uh, so payback. Uh, I watched. Uh, I watched payback instead of watching all out. I thought that payback was an excellent, excellent B show with no uh, expectation. There was no expectations. I was just like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to fire it up. Uh, I know that there's some good stuff in there. I really want to watch it. So uh, let's fire it up. And I thought that it was excellent. That that steel cage match, Trish Stratus might be women's wrestler of the year. Oh, I, was... I don't think there's any I don't think there's any any doubt for me. I mean, Rhea Ripley's excellent, but Trish is on another level right now. That like literally that steel cage match could be match. It's not match of the year, but it should be mentioned as an it honorable mention. Women's, it should be women's match of the year. Yeah, it's been it's by far women's match of the year. It was so good. I would I went in there with zero expectations, uh, and then uh, I was so pleasantly surprised. And then they had uh, the turn at the end with your girl Zoe Stark, who yeah. She's uh, excellent. Excellent. yeah. Which is a good launching pad for Zoe to get her the rub and make it's, her. It's just it's wild that Trish Stratus is better right now than she's ever been, and she took all that time off and yeah. came back 
and she's she's the best women's wrestler in the world right now. It's crazy. Well, I don't know. I I think Mercedes Monet would have something to say about that. I don't know. I, like, I, I think, well, we haven't seen enough of her. We've only, we haven't we've seen only enough seen of her. Yeah, right. Two matches. So I mean, it's it's you know, well, look, there's a there's a lot of people that can lay claim to that, but I, I I do think this is women's match of the year so far. And if I'm placing if I'm placing my vote right now for women's talent um, of the year, it's it's Trish Stratus. Yeah, I I absolutely thought that that match was incredible i was not i was really honestly really not anticipating the um just that being that good and that crowd Stark, gave her a standing ovation after the match yeah they did which was crazy too um but yeah then we got into the uh la night and <laughs> did the la night and, and Miz stuff right away which i thought was fantastic i like that they bring in cena uh cena I've come to appreciate him a lot more now that he's gone. Uh, what a better person than to put him to put LA Knight in there with then John Cena and uh, the Miz. The Miz plays his role so perfectly. Yeah, excellent. Uh, excellent. Somebody who we consider a major geek, uh, but somebody who has a such a pivotal role on the roster that no one does it better than he does. Exactly. Um, and then we had this United States title match. Uh, with Rey Mysterio and Austin Theory, I thought I, I had I didn't have much expectations for the match just because it's kind of like we already saw this on SmackDown a couple weeks ago and now we're running it back again. Uh, felt like Mysterio did really well. Theory that Theory was a dead dead commodity, dead champion. Uh, so let's put him out there with Rey Mysterio, somebody super experienced. It's insanity to me too that like Rey Mysterio, no he still flies the same way that he did like in 2003. Like it's crazy 20 years later. And like, he still like, he just has like his own way of doing things and it all looks great. Um, My only real complaint about this match was that I wanted to get more out of Escobar in involvement somehow. I don't know whether yeah. that was, I don't know where or, or what, but I, 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 I feel like we've got to start doing more with him and Ray or him in theory or something like yeah. he's got to be more involved here i i agree we gotta, get the, we gotta get the lwo more more involved in things if they're gonna if they're gonna be a real faction it's gotta be it's gotta be taken a little more seriously than what it is yeah it seems like they're dragging their feet a little bit and i don't know if that's because they're dragging their feet to get to mania for something big well i or think something. the fact that the judgment night really took off the way yeah. that they did yeah um that really actually leads us into the next match, which was the Steel City Street Fight, which was Judgment Day versus uh, Owens and Sami Zayn. That match uh, for a WWE Street Fight was incredibly fun. I loved it. Uh, the fact that Kevin Owens got uh, got color, well, fake color probably, um, loved it. I thought that this match was so good, uh, wow. so well done. Love the interference and the fact that Judgment Day leaves with all the gold. It, great. And the fact right. that JD and McDonough was, did the was, save too. It was, was time. Really... It was already time, I think, with, with Owens and Zane, and they put it on the right people. I'll I tell you what, man. Uh, Damian Priest is very quickly put, build himself a nice little career in a WWE. Oh, yeah. Dude is going to cash in on somebody, and he's going to be really important to. He's, I mean, he's going to be. I'm assuming he's going to cash it in on Rollins or 
whoever, if somebody beats Rollins, maybe I, I would assume that they probably want to put it on. It might be Rollins. Um, but yeah, I, I love everything that judgment day is doing. They, they did such a good job. I love, I, I love that th- this card felt like, an like they, they hit on every single thing they did the whole way through this card. Um, and then they do the Grayson Waller effect with, um, Cody. And then he reveals that, you know, uh, he pulled some strings and he got uh, Jay Uso drafted or traded basically to, to Raw. Hey, you and, know, the thing too about that about that tag match, just, just tying into what you're saying right now about Jay, um, I'm grateful that they didn't put the belts on like Jimmy and Solo or somebody. Yes, and yes. They, got it, they got it away from that bloodline. Got story. it away from the bloodline, yes. Yeah, grateful for that. Um, I... I'm here to publicly state that Jay Uso is men's wrestler of the year. Uh, he's my early pick. Uh, he was not mentioned in the midseason awards, but I'm putting Jay Uso as my men's wrestler of the year. Not MVP, but he's the men's wrestler of the year for me. And the, that crowd was hot for him. They were hot they, last night on SmackDown. It, I, I just hope they take advantage of it and they do something with him because that guy's got he's got main event talent, man. He could be he could be the next guy after Reigns that, that is a, a huge baby face. He's and he's I, a hell of a talent. And I think that that just furthers that because they said that somebody has to go. So they said on Raw last night that somebody's got to go to SmackDown because it was a one for one. I'm assuming that's going to be Cody. And that's how they get Cody back to Roman, like to plant to plant some seeds early. Uh, but I think that you know we're on the road. Uh, they are not on the road to Survivor Series. I think they got one more in between now and War Games. So I think if they're going to do War Games, a good War Games would be Cody and Jay with Kevin and Sammy versus Judgment Day. Sure. So I think that's interesting, uh, depending on what happens with Cody. I'm assuming he's going to go to SmackDown. Oh, are we going to get another defense from Reigns before Mania? It's already well, September. He'll do, he'll do one. He'll probably do one at um, – he'll definitely do one at Royal Rumble. They always have a championship match at Rumble and maybe one beforehand, uh, right before Mania. But I think we only got about two. We, we're getting two max before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all they got. That's usually what it happens. So who knows? So this this next match with Ripley and, and Rodriguez, um, for me, it just went too long. I didn't like the build. I, I never felt like Rodriguez was a threat, even though I love I love Raquel Rodriguez. I think she's awesome, but it didn't. The build wasn't great for her. Um, it didn't feel like Rhea was ever really in any danger of losing that title. It just went and it went, and it went too long. It went seventeen minutes. It just went too long too. Yeah, I felt like if it was because I I started to feel like damn, like we could we could cut this like about five minutes shorter. It would have been right in the sweet spot. And she look look, Rodriguez is a future women's champ, but not yet, not not yet, yet. not yet. But yes, definitely she has a look. Uh, she definitely uh is over with uh the kids, and absolutely, um, I am one hundred percent with you, um, and then cap it off with this Rollins and Nakamura match. And them just selling the fact that Rollins has got that back injury. This is the best that th- – where's this Nakamura been? I don't Where know. They I, love the fact, this- I love the fact that they're ama- – it's because it's, it's another person calling shots is well, what that, it is. Well, yeah, that is true. That he, is true. Did you, I don't know if you watch Raw, but Nakamura is, is the Nakamura that we've wanted. 
yeah. for all this time. And he is a psycho and funny and an idiot and great. Yes. <laughs> and like all those, and I say all those things in, in, in a very good way because I think that guy is fantastic. And he's look, man. I, everybody that thought that he was over the hill and that there was no gas left in that tank, man. You're, There's a lot of we gas. Were all, left in that we, tank. we were all led astray because that guy had a hell of a match at Payback, and he is awesome. I thought is, I thought for sure I thought they were going to pull the trigger at Payback with him and Rollins. Yeah, I thought they were too. Um, I like I, I kind of like that they didn't, and I like that they're going to keep this going. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love love. Oh man, it's been so long since we've had like. Nakamura like this like when, when is the next what, what is their next show what is uh, their, next, their next one let me let me check real quick I am unsure because I know that usually I didn't sort of, even hear I didn't even hear him mention it uh let me check real quick uh yeah because I usually they're pretty good about talking about what's coming up next but I, I don't remember um so I guess technically the next one is NXT No Mercy at the end no of this Mer- month I don't know what the next one is after that uh fast lane and then they have Crown Jewel on November 4th, and then November 25th is Survivor Series. So they got three. Okay. Actually, we've got we've got Fastlane on October 7th. And that's that's you know a month away. That's I mean that's that's pretty quick. You why do they have Fastlane in October? I don't know. That's a weird name for a pay-per-view that's not before maybe Usually Fastlane is usually the one because they're going in the fast lane to WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't know what that what the deal is with that. But we've got so we've got one more before Survivor Series. Which will be the end of November, and then, so we've got. Well, and we I got, think that, that we're we're starting to see the build towards what that's going to be at Survivor Series. That's probably going to be a hell of a show. Or what are they going to do with Crown Jewel? Because they'll have to have Reigns defend at Crown Jewel. So I that be, technically, could, that technically means three. Okay, yeah, I guess you're right. So I mean, I mean, what? I mean, they're going to just throw somebody in, whether that's McIntyre or it's Lashley or somebody. It could be any of those guys. It's well, not going to be something that's going to contend for the belt. That was interesting last night whenever Jay came out, and then as soon as Jay was leaving, they had Drew McIntyre's music hit while Jay was still making his way up the ramp. I thought Maybe that was gonna, really... I, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with McIntyre, but the, the Riddle the riddle McIntyre thing to me was dead in the water instantly. So it's yeah. I'm not a Riddle fan at all, but I don't know. I mean, they probably can still get more out of McIntyre. He's a, he's a, a unique person to have to, to have to work and try to, and try to storytell with because he's so much bigger than everybody else. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's probably a little bit difficult to use him unless he's the, he's the guy, you know what I mean? So right. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but they're going to probably end up throwing somebody. Somebody's going to get thrown to the wolves at crown Joel. And hopefully it won't be Jay unless it's going to lead to something bigger. Well, yeah, you're right. That just really sucks that we got. I, I don't want to. I, I, I don't want to see Reigns beat Jay again. I don't want to see him kick his ass again. Like if if we're gonna get that match again, I want Jay to win the win the belt. Yeah, and and yeah, and it's definitely you don't want Jay to end that storyline now. Um, but yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. I don't want to see Roman and Jay run it back. Um, who knows if they do like some type of weird tag team style thing where it would be Jimmy and Solo. Um. Because it seems like they're holding on to Reigns, like they're they're he's the attraction now. They fully have transitioned him into the attraction where he's he's only wrestling like maybe six times a year. So, and I'm Not okay. Even. I'm I'm I I don't know if I'm okay with that, but it keeps him special, and that's so like that's what's important. Uh, but yeah, I I thought that this payback show was awesome. I also want to mention that Gunther and Chad Gable 
had a hellacious uh, intercontinental championship match in the main event last night on Raw. That was awesome. And yeah. they're going to run it back again, probably. Like, I don't care if they, they should just say, well, they can't make it a best. Of, they, there's no way they can't make it a best of seven, but they should just run it. Just, I don't care because they're those guys are awesome. It's and, been three already, right? So yeah, it's been three already. They can't. Well, they I, can't. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is going to lead to to Gable doing something. I mean, it's is it out of the realm of possibility that they would put him in Imperium? I saw something that said that somebody would join Imperium, but I, I can't remember who it was. I forgot. They're already. kind of pushing Kaiser, right? That everybody's really pleased yeah. with him. Back yeah, yeah. They yeah they they they've been saying that Kaiser is uh, that a lot of people backstage like him and they like his mic work. So. That might be a guy that they could transition Gable to to like as a as a really cool like mid card story, uh, and then like Gable would work his way back to Gunther. I don't know. I don't really know who sh- who Gunther should lose to. I don't think it needs to be anybody right now. He just broke the record, but um, I don't th- keep that belt till keep keep that belt for a while. Yeah, I mean it doesn't. It, it's it's got to be important, you know. So hopefully. If it it's the if if they've shown anything is that this trilogy of matches that him and Gable have done has made Gable look credible, exactly. Which is what he's sorely lacked because they just haven't given it to him. Right, right. And I've been yes. pleading, I've been pleading for them for four years to since he came onto the main roster to put that guy in a prominent position, and they I mean, finally he, did it. I was a huge American Alpha fan when they were in NXT. I thought those guys were awesome. So this, I'm happy. I'm happy to see him getting some. Maybe maybe this is the push. Maybe this is the push that he got three matches that in, in in a big slot against a guy like Gunther, and he, he was able to look great. Maybe that's the push. Maybe that's all it is, and that's okay. If that's all yeah. it is, and that's okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah. That is uh. That is payback, and I think we're. I think we've made it. I think we've made it to the uh, big reveal that we talked about earlier. Uh. But this is something that uh, comes from your brain. And uh, that we've been planning, more or less you've been planning in the background, but uh, we've been talking about it for a long time. And that is the Podski 100. We are going to be putting together a list of the top 100 greatest wrestlers of all time. And now there are rules to this that uh, I'll let Andretti get to. Uh, But this is something that is going to be very uh, complex that we've been working on for a while. Uh, and we're going to be rolling this out, uh, not right away. Cause we got it. We, we were, we're still in the stages of getting it all together and compiled, but we want to do this in a style of, uh, if you're familiar with the NFL 100, they like to do pieces on each person that are, you know, a, a, few, a couple minutes long. And then the reasons why that they are, um, in the list, so it's selected by people that you have seen and or heard here on the Podski, uh, and so it's not just a rando list of people that uh, you know that that are just not affiliated with the Podski. But uh, Andretti's going to be a part of this. Mongoose is a part of the voting. Uh, the Podski Doc JC, he's a part of it. Uh, Bricks Malone and uh, beautiful Bobby Winners. Everybody that's going to WrestleMania this year with us in the in the group is going to be a part of c- compiling this list of 100 and I'll uh, give it to you Andretti to put over the rules and regulations of uh, this list so um it's kind of 
the top 100 greatest ever but we we set the we set the timeline to start with Hogan's first run in the WWF because basically that's where our lifetime watching goes back to and it's kind of where wrestling changed whenever Hogan took over and started running and the WWE went was off and running from there so I think that him winning that belt the first time is a really good place to start because then we can pay you know, homage or, you know, to Sam Martino and, and superstar Graham and Morales, mm-hmm. gorgeous George. I mean, all those guys that came before um, Hogan, uh, we're going to, we're going to, you know, pay our respect to all of those people, of course, but you know, it's, it's not the same. It's really not so much the sports entertainment in the way that us and our listeners think about it. Right. It kind of, it, it kind of starts with Hogan, right? Hogan's mm-hmm. first run is where everything changes because now he's Vince Jr.'s guy, right? He's the handpicked guy from Vince Jr. It's, it is the beginning of the era that all of us are the most familiar with, right? As sports entertainers and, and you know, lovers of, of this industry. So we kind of set the, uh, we set the first date um, to where Hogan wins the belt from the iron sheet. And with that said, um, we're trying to keep it so that if the bulk of someone's run came prior to that, we're going to probably not include them in our, in our top 100. Now that could be guys like Nick Bockwinkle. That's going to be guys like Backland. Um, you're talking about, you're talking about um, uh, who else, who else did I have on that list? They, they were Harley race guys like that who, who had, monumental instrumental uh careers in this industry but they were maybe kind of like on the downside of where they were at even the iron sheik at that point because if we if we just if we just treat harley race as king harley race or if we only look at bachwinkle on the downside of his career and we rank him 96th right nick bachwinkle was one of the top guys ever so to to put to not to not include what he did prior to Hogan winning the first belt um, in WWF doesn't make any sense, right? We can't. It doesn't make any sense to grade him just. Ba- you can't. You can't just look at Harley Race's King Harley Race run and say we're only gonna we're only gonna measure him based on that. It's just, it's just silly because the guy the guy might not even make the top 100 at that point, and that and that in itself is a crime, right? So we don't want to do right. that. It's just stupid. It's just stupid. So we're we're gonna try to do that to hold ourselves to that. Um, we're not gonna we're we're not gonna use like career tag team guys. So no. you're not gonna you're not gonna see the Freebirds. Um, you're not gonna see LOD. You know, pop up on on these lists. And sorry, Cornette, you're not gonna get the Midnight Express either. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, 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 apologies to you for that. But even though those guys are fantastic, um, you know those. Groups like that of career tag team guys mostly probably aren't going to get in. So we're going to try to we're we're just kind of going to try to set some parameters, and we're going to explain all this in a disclaimer every time we do the the reveals um, to, to to let everybody know kind of what the rules were for this and kind of how we got here and why certain people aren't involved. Yeah. So I guess a question for you right now is that you said about the tag team. So can we? So can I say like Jeff Hardy? Can be on the yeah, list. Marty, you know, I, I, I talked to you about this too. We're probably going to have to do a wrap up show after this is all done. We're probably going to have to do a quick wrap up and talk about kind of what were the what were the biggest issues that we each individually faced because Jeff Hardy is a perfect one, right? He's, this guy's got a, a decorated singles career and a decorated tag career. So for me, 
because the because the singles run is so good and, and he has got longevity where he's won belts and things like that, that's a guy that should be included. Marty Jannetty is also an eligible guy that could possibly be included, right? Now, just, just because they were tag team champs doesn't mean they can't be included, but I don't think that I don't think that demolition acts should be included in the top 100. He's always been in demolition for as long as we've ever known the guy, right? Uh, and, also you know, great hair at SummerSlam. There, yeah, exactly. And then you've got like animal, like animal shouldn't be a singles, shouldn't be treated like a singles guy. I don't think that, I don't think that, that even Michael Hayes should be treated as a guy when he's been nothing but a Freebirds guy, you know, all those years. So, I mean, that that's, those are, those are the reasons why we're going to try to keep those guys separated from it. And look, I, I'm sure, I'm sure that down the road, maybe next year we'll do a top 50 tag teams of all time or top 100 tag teams where those guys are going to get their just due. But, um, for right now, I think we got to keep it predominantly to singles wrestlers. Yeah, and as a shameless plug, I will plug one of the shows that Andretti and I did early on in the Podsky days, the top t- the top tag teams of the 1990s. Uh, you can catch it and you can catch that in the archives. Uh, but yeah, I I'm super excited to put I haven't started my list. I know that you have got your list like fleshed out and everything. And the the one important thing that about the list is that everybody's list obviously is going to be different, but it's going to be different for a lot of reasons because what we're implementing is a point system. So each, so if I, I can choose my own categories uh, of how I want to score people. So if I set up five categories and the most points that uh, say like flair, if I have him at number one, I have him at number one because he was, a number he scored 10 out of 10 on promos he scored you know 8 out of 10 on work rate he scored you know 10 out of 10 in charisma and yada 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 so once we get everybody's points collected we're going to take everybody's lists combine each entrance score and then that's how we'll get the list of 100 so it's it, we're that... going to come up with a system where if I really wanted to make sure that we came at this from like treating everybody like individual analysts, right? Where Correct. let people come up with their own criteria of how they rank people. Okay. Let them come up with that. And then based off of that, where everybody fits into our official top 100 is going to be because of a point system based on where they came in from, from everybody's individual list. Right. So maybe, maybe if everybody, has you know Ric Flair in the in the top top three, right? If everybody comes in and says Ric Flair's top three, maybe you know if you're placed one to five, you get 50 points or whatever, right? So that every time somebody is is in a category across everyone's lists, that's gonna equate to a certain numerical value in the official scoring. And this will not be the BCS style scoring. No. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, super excited about this. The scoring is going to be uh, very interesting to see how. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it too because I think that there's there's going to be guys in there that you know uh, some people are more familiar maybe with uh, with with AAA or or with or with CMLL or more or some people might be more familiar with you know AWA or something right from back in the day. Maybe they're going to add people in there that might be a little higher for them than what they might be for some of the other people. And what's good about this is that that's all going to get that's all going to get fleshed out because if 
if I don't know anything about Conan, right? If I put Conan at, at 98 and he gets a low score for me, but you know, let, let's just say Bricks Malone is a huge Lucha fan, right? And he and he knows that Conan had a big had a big run and puts Conan really high. Well, okay, well then now now it's gonna even itself out because Conan will get a lot of points from from Bricks Malone. It might not get a lot from me, but he's going to get a lot of points in the official scoring. You see what I'm saying? Like yep. it's all going to get, it's all going to get fleshed out in the in the end. Yeah, it that 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 is what's really exciting is that we're going to have a lot of parody because I'm more or less like that. we we want that and we yeah we want parody. We want it to be a a really uh, defined list and just because it's really important. And so this is something that. Uh, you're going to be hearing us talk about a lot. We're going to plug the shit out of this. So uh, please bear with us as we flesh out all the lists and and everything as we roll this out because uh, we want to be able to put this on YouTube. We won't be able – we want people to uh, check out what we have to say, and and we're going to drop these uh, – who knows? We're, we're going we're gonna to try to drop them 10 at a time. So we'll do like 100 through 99, and then we'll do – well, and then one week. And then the next show, we'll we'll do – 90 through 81 and th so that's how we're going to try to drop these in and uh we don't have like a definite timeline of here of when we're going to do it other than the fact that it is coming and we want people to be aware of it and that way that it gives it gives the listeners something to look forward to uh and know that you know we're, we're working on something really big here that we're all going to be super proud of once we get done with it yeah and i'm i'm really looking forward to it too because um I'm going in there almost every day and I'm, I'm changing numbers a little bit and I'm adding categories and defining what I, my, my challenge at first was not the names. Cause I have like 195 names written down on an Excel spreadsheet. Okay. But yeah. to, to define exactly what my own categories are and then to just be as, as, as painfully objective as I could possibly be, with the number values that I'm assigning to those people. I'm taking this really seriously. And I, and there's, there's people in there that, you know, there's going to be names in there that maybe other people aren't going to come up with. And I think are, I think are really important. I mean, Tatsumi Fujinami is a, is a, is a big one. He had those matches with Ric Flair in the nineties that, that are super important, you know, super important matches that that guy's going to be a part of my list and maybe other people will add them. Maybe they won't, but you know, that's where the parody is going to come in where, you know, if, if I have, Fujinami at number 60 or whatever and nobody else does and then when we get we get talking about number 60 I'm going to mention it when we get in there and I'm going to say Tatsumi Fujinami was a guy that I had at number 60 here's why and then we just move on to the next thing so I think there's going to be a lot of really good talking points that are going to come out of this yeah super excited uh to get this going uh I yeah I'm, I'm hoping to start my list uh tomorrow uh, as recording here on Tuesday after Labor Day so um, but yeah, super excited for this. And if Triple H isn't in your top 10, then your list sucks. I mean, the, the toughest the toughest thing that I've had to overcome so far by doing this for the last couple of nights is just holding myself really accountable to being objective. Is yeah. this the toughest thing? Because there's going to be people that you know should be included that maybe they're not your favorite, you know, and maybe maybe they're not. Like, you know, a guy like CM Punk is a guy that you've got to be honest about. You've got to you've got to be honest about how good he is or how good he's not, and you've got to you've got to really you know hammer on that. So you're gonna there's there's challenges, and, I, and I'm really looking forward to talking to everybody else about what their challenges were and who some of the people were that they had a really hard time kind of going back and forth about the placement. And I'm really glad you brought that thing up about Jeff Hardy because I I was struggling with that too already, where I was kind of like, 
I I gotta put him in, but I don't know how much. You know what I yeah. mean? Because so like Christian, of- Edge and Christian would be a really good case for that because like Edge went on to have this like really really big you know, career in WWE, multiple world champion, multiple intercontinental champion. And, and Christian kind of got kind of left to the wayside a little bit where he only had like that one world championship run, but See, I mean, that, now he did where, really good. And he did really good in TNA. And that's, NWA that's and all where that. it's going to get really, that's where it's going to get really interesting with the, with the debate, because right. how are people going to weigh TNA versus the AWA versus right. CMLL? Like that is, that is where I'm really interested to, to talk to everybody. And I think that this is another disclaimer, too, is that this is just not limited to uh, WWE, AEW, TNA. It's 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 everywhere. Any little nook and cranny where you can find wrestling from the time that Hogan won the belt uh, until now. Add it in there. If you if you think (laughs) if you think that Joe Keys at uh, PWX Fight Society deserves to be on the top 100 or if you think Bushwhacker Luke uh at mcw and hollywood uh deserves to be on the top 100 it, like that's that's what we're that's what we're trying to and that's down that's here. where i'm fascinated with how people are going to put their list together because you look at a guy like sandman who was ecw world champ right yeah. ecw world champ how, how, do, how do you weigh that versus rick martell being the intercontinental champion right like that that's where it gets tricky and where you've got to be really careful about being consistent with your grades you've got to to come up with a system where individually all of us individually have got to come up with a system where we we understand that you know we treat the awa world title in our brain the same way as we treat the ecw title right or the same way we treat you know the the triple a title you know like you got to almost kind of come up with your own baseline and then move up and down based off of those baselines for your categories. It can get really, it can get really tricky. You're going to get, look, man, you're going to get frustrated because I've been, I've been frustrated moving stuff around it because again, I'm trying to take this really seriously. I want, I want this to be good. I want this to be, be as objective and honest as possible. And, mm-hmm. and to do that, you, you've got to just, you've got to really kind of dial in on exactly where your baseline is for your categories. Yeah. And, and so like, as as we said, like this is this is very very important to us. So we want you to all listen and get engaged. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram, hit us up at the Podsky, uh, the underscore Podsky. Uh, leave us in the comments uh, on YouTube as well because we're reading those and we're answering those as well. Um, and even on Facebook, we're everywhere. So wherever you uh, are listening to this, drop a comment. Find us. We're easily findable. So. Uh, let us know and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll answer any questions or take comments and feedback and all that as well. Cause like the, the, the Podski 100 is going to be, uh, it, it is a really big deal. So, uh, and it's not going to go away. Sure. So, um, but yeah, that is, should be uh, every, I think we got every, we got all of our shit in, which is insanity <laughs> that we did all of that. Um, but yeah, you got anything else you want to cover before we uh, roll out of 10? No, you know that the, um, the Tiffany Stratton Becky Lynch match, I think, is tonight on NXT, which I won't I won't get to until Thursday. But I'm still on the fence about this NXT show in Bakersfield and whether or not I'm going to drive up there at the end of the month. I mean, that's a that's like a seven or eight hour commitment to go up there. Two hours up, two hours back, you know, pre-show, getting food, uh, all okay. that kind of stuff. I mean, we're talking about a seven or eight hour commitment to go up there. Yeah. As of right now, I don't think that they've got me hooked yet to want to see enough to drive up there for that. 
but I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm willing to try. <laughs> if you if you can sell me if you can sell me on what you're doing, maybe I'll maybe I'll roll up there. But um, you know, I'm I'm definitely going to watch it at the very least. But look, man, I'm optimistic about where things are at with AEW. I'm just hoping that with with the elephant in the room gone, that if nothing else, the morale will go back up and people will be happy about showing up for work. And and that's something that I take really seriously. Um, so I'm happy about that. Payback was excellent. Raw was good last night. We're moving forward with a lot of good stuff. So hopefully things are just going to keep going in the right direction here, man. Yeah. And I'm going to recklessly, going to recklessly speculate that Edge is going to sign in, in AEW now that they got the money freed up from CM Punk. And uh, that is what I'm super excited for because that's what I want. Because they almost had Edge already one time. Why can't they get him this time? So. Sure. Uh, but yeah, but we thank you for listening, uh, and, uh, make sure you check us out on, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and threads at the underscore Podsky. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, and don't forget to check out Hot Shots Wrestling Alliance. Uh, that is where, uh, the Podsky doc, JC and I are doing our continued, uh, my GM, uh, journey to, uh, the Podsky mania or Hot Shots of mania. So uh, we are closing in on Survivor Series there. And uh, be sure to check that out. That's every other week. And then we got the uh, the three-man booth here on the off week. So uh, we will uh, continue that. And we will see you next time on The Podski.